I like the message Bible. Thank you. I like the message Bible. It says, verse 12 of Genesis 22, message Bible says, do not lay a hand on that boy. Don't. It continues to say, don't touch him. Hey, hey. Hallelujah. Oh, why am I shouting? Because I am excited. I'm scaring myself, shouting in the middle of preaching, and I forget that people are watching me. Okay, now I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm going to be a good preacher, a nice boy. Do not lay your hand on that boy. Now, instructions today. Do not lay hand on that boy. Don't touch him, message Bible says. Now I know you fearlessly. Now I know you how fearlessly you fear God. You You didn't hesitate to place your son your dear son, on the altar for me. Let's read the next verse 13. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It says, Then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, there behind him, blessed be the name of Jesus, there behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by its owns. There behind him. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered, offered it up for a band offering instead of his son. You want to tell me Abraham had a tunnel vision and not a preview vision? A tunnel vision allows you to see what is ahead of you. Straight line, straight line like this. A preview vision gives you a wider angle. You want to tell me that Abraham had not searched that area before he built the altar to the Lord according to the instructions he had been given? He had. And I guarantee you in the name of the Lord God of Israel, there was no ram that was tied there when he was building the altar. Because there are things God waits to see what he will do. God is Jehovah Jireh. Is a provider. But there are times God will be silent on your matter, on your issue. You'll be quiet no matter how much you pray, no matter how much you fast. And prayer and fasting is a mountain mover strategy. But God will wait to see what you will do, whether you will serve Him faithfully whether you will be faithful or you will be disobedient or you will curse him or you will bless him. Job said, and I quoted several times in this text, though you slay me, yet will I trust in you. There are times God will just be silent on you. I don't like when God is silent on me. Hear me again. And I better be careful, boy. I don't like when I am seeking God of a matter or seeking the face of God of an issue and heaven is dead silent over the matter. I know he's doing something, but I would be happy if I would. You know, have you ever been angry or angry, you know, angry, not angry, not anger, angry for food? Have you ever been angry for food and you know it is supposed to be lunchtime 
You know, your tummy is groaning and you really need to eat something. I got to eat. I got to eat something. And you come to the kitchen and there's no fire that is lit in the kitchen. The stove is cold. The cooking pots are still in the shelves. And you say, Mama, are we not eating today? And you, you hear Mama say, don't worry. I'll cook shortly. Let me finish what I'm doing. I'll be cooking. You say, Mom, there's nothing going on. Because if there was a pot boiling, there was water boiling on the pot, even if there was nothing in it, that's a sign that there'll be food. But this time, I, 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 don't, I become very uncomfortable when I don't know what God wants, when God has not answered me of a matter that I prayed and fasted. Uh, but he says, wait, be still and know that I am God. He said that to the children of Israel while they are crossing the Red Sea. He says, be still to Moses. Be still and know that I am God. I, I, I like seeing a sign that something is happening, but that's not how God works. God waited until there was obedience to the last minute of Abraham lifting his hand with a knife to the slay the son he had waited for 25 years. And God changes the instructions. There's a shift. There's an update. Have you received an update over your condition or situation lately from God? Have you received an updated version of God's instructions? The Lord says in Malachi 3, 6, I am the Lord and I change not. It is true he changes not. God does not change, but his ways change. His methods change. It is the same Jesus who spit, who spit on some blind people. He spit on their eyes. And before because he knew that we would start spitting ministries in the national and spitting worship senders, he changed quickly. The next blind person, he plastered him with mud. He plastered his eyes with mud, with dirt. And because he knows preachers like basing their ministry names on what looks current, he knew now we are going to start blustering ministries in the national and mad, you know, mad, you know, prophetic ministry and church of God in the national, led by the apostle, prophet, pastor, reverend. What is the other one? Yeah, and doctor, and now professor so and so. He changed the method. He goes to Batmyas. He goes to Jericho. And blind Batmyas comes running to him. And he says, Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on me. And Batmyas, he says, bring him over. Come, bring him over. And he's brought. And instead of spitting on his eyes, like he did before, instead of plastering his eyes like he did before, here is a blind man. Blind Batmyas is before him. He tells him, he asked him, what do you want? What do you want me to do to you? He says, that I may see. He said, then receive your sight. God doesn't change and God will never change. But his methods of doing things. 
His formulas of becoming God and revealing himself to you are not permanent. I told you Elijah had three choices. One was to challenge God's authority in moving him from Kerith to Zarephath. And tell God, you cannot be moving me at will. You can be tossing me to and fro the way you want. You may be my God, but you cannot just be moving me. I told people now, this is the Lord who brought me here. I told people that it is God who brought me here. It is God who sent me to start a church in this city. It's God who did this. It's God who gave me this. It's God who told me that I built this beautiful home. I am reminded of Philip in Acts chapter 9. Philip, the evangelist moves to the city of Samaria, which is ruled by witchcraft and witches. Witchcraft ruled, witches, Simon ruled, witchcraft, Satanism ruled the city of Samaria. God sends him from Jerusalem because of adversity. Because of adversity, because God will always use adversity to change paradigms and bring in new seasons. He goes to the city of Samaria And he finds a witch is considered to be the power of God. He's the man of the city. The man of God in the city is a witch doctor. He's a sorcerer. In the, a senior sorcerer in the ministry of sorcery, uh, of sorcery is called Simeon. He begins a church. He started preaching salvation and healing and miracles take place. Signs and wonders take place and soon enough he becomes the pastor of the leading ministry and church in the city. With the biggest congregation, today numbers matter. When pastors meet in a pastor's conference during tea break and lunchtime, when they are introducing them, say, you hear some of them who are so proud, like cockpits. Uh, are they proud or arrogant or both? They tell you, I am so-and-so, and I passed a church of 10,000. Or some of them will provoke you and ask you, what's your name and which country do you come from? Uh, this, I've been asked these questions. Um, how many members? The next question is not, are you married or not? They don't even want to know whether you're married or single, whether you're divorced or separated. The, the next thing they'll ask you is, and how many members do you pastor? Because numbers, people have taken numbers to mean God, God's approval. Numbers will never be an approval sign from God. They are good. But they have never been. Philip at the biggest church. And the Lord comes and tells him, now there is an Ethiopian eunuch traveling on a desert road. And, walk, and Matthew, I know you have a jacuzzi in your house. You have a sauna in your house. You have a massage parlor in your house. You have hair conditioning in your house. You have all these and that and that and fridges and freezers. And you have every good thing. But I want you to know that Ethiopian eunuch is not traveling in a limousine. He is traveling on a desert road. That's your next and new assignment. What do you think Philip told? Do you think he told anybody? How do you go and tell your elders that the Lord has called you to one? 
while you're pastoring 10,000 or 3,000, you tell them, I've been called to pastor one soul. One person from a thousand, from thousands of members to one soul. Hear this. Minister to one. Can you imagine going and telling your elders or your deacons or your leadership team, uh, now you continue with the ministry. Uh, the Lord has called me to pastor in the desert. Um, how many members are going to be in that church? You say, mm, one. They will ask you, are you nuts? Did you just say one or one thousand? One. Ministry to one. From thousands to ministry to one. God surely changes instructions. Abraham's instructions were changed in three days. He was told, don't. The first instruction was sacrifice your son. The second one was don't touch your son. And God provided to him. And he tells him that by this I know that you fear the Lord. Elijah, as I finish, Elijah was in the same dilemma like you and me. Do I continue praying and fasting and seeking the Lord the way I was doing before? Do I continue giving to the Lord? Do I? Am I supposed to continue reading the Bible and praying? Am I supposed to go to, to seek the face of God? Am I supposed to just continue? Don't. Be rigid because it is that act of obedience that made Abraham be provided by God a ram for sacrifice. Do you want God to provide to you? Do you want God to meet your need? Do you God want to supply abundantly to you, to your project? Do you want your project never to stop? Do you want your housing project not to stop? Do you want your cars to stay on the road? Do you want your children to go to the best schools? Do you want God to do whatever? Make God, make the God of Israel your God and worship him. Do not disobey the word of God. Do not become rebellious to the instructions of the word of God. Obey the Lord and you will find God. Elijah, as I finish. had three choices that I'll read and see to obey the Lord or not and challenge God with the previous instructions and refuse to take in the new instructions and would have died because of his stupidity or foolishness or arrogance or pride. What is the Lord asking you to do? Now, that you never did before. Is there an idea that is coming to your mind? Is God giving you a business idea to do? Is the Lord leading you to another job in another city? Or even in another country? Some of you will relocate to other nations. Your children will be separated from their friends. Even you yourself. You may have to sell property in this city. Because God has sent you to Zerapath, another city, or another country. Or lease the home that you designed for yourself. Because the Lord is calling you to another region. Are you going to challenge God's current 
instructions to you and to me based on yesterday's instructions. That was choice number one for Elijah that I've seen as I read this scripture. I'll take you to choice number two and choice number three and what that meant to him and to a widow and a son whose sustenance, whose advancing through this adversity, whose progress, whose success, whose livelihood, whose life depended on the obedience of Elijah. If Elijah disobeyed the Lord, somebody else would have suffered. A widow would have suffered. Your disobedience is costing a lot of suffering to you and to others. My disobedience, my treating God as if retired God, suspended scripture, and live like I am not a child of God, and I don't have obligations to God. It will have consequences to you and to many other people, and a lot of people that you love, and others that are counting on you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord do you good. May the Lord shine his face upon you. May the Lord give you peace. May the Lord open the gates of heaven and pour blessings. May the Lord open your eyes and my eyes to see the new doors that God has opened. Then crying and wailing and mourning and getting depressed, seated at the old door that God opened, but now he has shut. May the Lord open your ears and my ears to hear these fresh instructions that he has for you. May the Lord give you a ear that hears, give you eyes that see. May the Lord give you a spirit that senses the leading of God. A spirit that senses the leading of God. And may the Lord quicken your feet to obedience. May you arise and be on the side of God. May you arise. May your feet gain strength and do what you stop doing. May you do what you stop doing, my brother, what you did before for God. If you used to pray, go back to prayer. If you used to read the word of God, go back to reading and studying the word of God. Do it. I speak to you as a servant of the Most High God. Do it. Go back to the God of Israel that you served faithfully. Do not take a new hostile stand against the kingdom of God. It is by the word of the Lord that you shall live. It is by the word of the Lord that Elijah survived the drought, eating and drinking for three and a half years. It is by the word of the Lord and listening to what he says, Doing, quickening yourself to do what, to obey the word of the Lord and to live in obedience that will change your status and sustain you through this period of adversity. The Lord bless you. Let's bow for our prayer. Our most loving Father in Jesus' name, I want to thank you for who you are and what you are. I want to thank you for your word that is forever settled in heaven. A word that you watch daily, hourly, every minute, every second to fulfill. 
May your name be glorified. May your name be exalted. May your name be lifted up. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to share. May you be glorified, Jehovah God. May you quicken somebody who had stopped doing what the Lord requires them to do and help them to understand the key is obedience. The key to supernatural provision is obedience. May your name be glorified, Jehovah God. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. If you have been blessed by this, if the Lord has spoken to you through this message, through this telecast, I want you to take your phone, take your cell phone, and text a friend. Tell them there's a message that, is, that you need to hear. There's a message on advancing through adversity that can change your life and will transform you like it's doing mine, although I'm the preacher. Call somebody and tell them to watch this message. Just one hour, 10, 13, one hour, 13 or 15 minutes. You can change a life and a mindset. You can change somebody's mind. Somebody who is sleeping away. Somebody who is sleeping away. Somebody who is sliding away can be restored by this message. I'm not talking about being popular. That has never been my motivation. But it's being effective is my goal. Touching the lives of men and leading them to their destiny in Christ Jesus. The Lord bless you again and the Lord do you good. May he shine his face upon you. May he give you peace. I love you all. In Jesus' name.